This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. Hello from Byron Bay. Boss and I have just moved to Byron Bay. We're recording this intro on the floor of what will soon be our lounge room, but at the moment all I can see is a sea of boxes and packing stuff. But we are so wrapped to be here and it is so nice to be coming to you from Byron Bay. Today's guest is our last guest of the year. We will have one ep next Monday Um, Just our Chrissy Roundup ep, which will just be the boss and I talking all things Chrissy and Byron life. So today's ep is our last ep of the year and we're going out with a bang, the iconic Dennis Walter. So if you watch Carols by Candlelight, he has that beautiful baritone voice. If you listen to 3RW, he has been on 3RW for 21 years now. Prior to that, he was reading the news for Wynn for 16 years. This guy made his break when he was only 15 years old on Young Talent Time and he talks about being a shy boy and being really nervous and ignoring that kind of self-doubt so that he could chase his dreams. He knew at 15 that he wanted to work in radio, TV and sing. Also on top of all this, you will hear how humble and grounded he is. Dennis Walter is an absolute legend. I got starstruck when he jumped on the pod. I was so nervous. We made him fruit mince pies as a little thank you, Prezi. Um, And I was so inspired and empowered after our chat. He's also got a Christmas single out that is available now called We Need a Little Christmas. And next year, he's got a full album coming out called Yesterday Once. Pretty sure that drops in April and it's all 60s and 70s tunes. He does some cool collabs as well. My last thing I want to say about Dennis Walter is pop the carols on on Christmas Eve and listen to his wonderful spirit and voice. Dennis Walter, it was an honour to have you on the podcast. I cannot wait till our paths cross again. I have got to admit I'm a little nervous. Oh, don't be. For the incredible Dennis Walter being on the podcast. You've been on my dream list for so long. Your since dream list. Yeah, Ooh. my dream guest list. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> okay, so for people listening, you are an iconic voice of Australia, I would say definitely. You're probably going to say Melbourne and Victoria. No, no, that's probably – well, I spent so much of my career anywhere but in Melbourne. Right, and early on too. I mm. cannot wait to – I'm going to – You'll learn this. I'm so excited to have you on that I'm going to be jumping around, That's I bet. That's right. Jump around <laughs> as you wish. So uh, you're obviously synonymous with 3RW. Mm-hmm. You did afternoon since 2008. Yeah, 11, now, 11 years, yep. Now Nights. Now Nights. Which I listened to all last week and oh, I loved. Oh, good on you. Thank you. Uh, and before that, Win News. Win News. Um, and I was doing seven days a week for six months of the year yeah. because I was doing – the wind news during the week, I was doing a spot with Ernie on a Friday. Yes. Uh, when Ernie Sigley hosted afternoons at AW yeah. and I was doing weekends. 
that's where you and I met. Yes. I came on a few times and we talked about health and wellness. Yes, we did. <laughs> and you and and this is why this is the reason why I really wanted you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Because every time we had a segment together, I was blown away by not just your professionalism, but you have and and I would liken Peter Hitchener to having the same quality as well. It's like a respect for the industry. Yes. That feels very rare now. <laughs> well, it probably is a bit rare. Yeah. Um, so, so much of uh, life and things within the media are fleeting. Yeah. It's, it, it, but there's. Ask, I, ask anyone who's been on one of these reality shows and suddenly become recognisable yeah. in the supermarket until about six weeks after they've been on. Right. <laughs> totally. But I think this is what I love about everything that I've researched about you is. You're in it for the long haul, but you've done your work ethic is clearly incredible. So I'm going to go back to the start. Mm-hmm. You grew up locally to here, is that right? We're recording in Torquay right now. Yes, I grew up about 25 minutes from here in a little place called Ceres, which is in the Barable Hills to yeah. the right of the ring road around Geelong. You get to a spot where it's very hilly. Yeah. Where you go up the Yeah, thing. I well, know what you're talking about. About four minutes to the right of that, you're absolutely out in the country and it's it was eight miles from the GPO. <gasps> And you have and no electricity until I was ten or eleven. Yeah, and this is in the sixties, right? So, mm. so you and I've heard you in an interview say, "I think I might have been a mistake because there's eight years between." I have said that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm certain. <laughs> but also, uh, you went to a local school, and there was—is it true there was? 18 kids? I think it was 18. It might have been less, but we had one teacher for all the grades. How cool. I like that. That was good. Yeah, it was good. And is it true that you had um, band practice and on a Saturday and mm. your teacher would rock up on every Saturday without fail, not get paid? Yep, that was at Belmont High School where I went to high school. Uh, yes, he, he, had, he turned up on a Saturday morning, 8 o'clock we started, Freddie Francis. Yeah. And one of my regrets in life is that all of us talked about nominating him for uh, uh, Queen's Birthday Honour. Yeah. Because his dedication to music and to the kids was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I can't believe he rocked that, like. Mm, every Saturday. Wow. And if you didn't turn up, you'd, he'd, he'd give the rest of the band a lecture about commitment and really? all that sort of stuff. I love that, though. And he used to clean his fingernails with the baton, which was not good. <laughs> Really? Yes. <laughs> okay, so when you were at, so I know I'm jumping around timeline-wise, but were you, because I know you've been singing or you're in Young Talent Time from about 15, yes. but at that age when you were doing band practice, was singing your thing or did you have an instrument as well? Oh, no, no. no I, singing in, from the No instruments. Oh. Um, I played a cornet. Yep. I graduated to flugelhorn, which is a, in between a sort of a cornet and a trumpet. Okay. Played trumpet in the uh, jazz band as well and I played guitar and I ended up in the brass band being on euphonium. So I got moved around a lot. So I reckon I wasn't very good. (laughs) Or multi-talented. I'll go with (laughs) multi-talented. Amazing. Okay, so and then so how does young talent time come about? You're 15 years old. One thing I would do want to say actually before I ask that, both parents are super creative, right? Yeah, yes. I know Dad was a farmer but not by choice necessarily. You have researched this well. 
Very well. That's correct. <laughs> Dad, Dad wanted was... to be in banking and stuff and he's, his, both his parents died before he was 11. Yes. I think his mum died not long after his birth. Yes. Um, so he got sort of forced to become a farmer. He didn't want to be a farmer. But he had a bit of a passion for singing as well. Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was in the Sun Aria. Yeah, wow. So he did. He really wanted to have a singing career. But I mean, he had four four children, um, and I was the youngest. Yeah, I was the yeah mistake. <laughs> no, not at all. The miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you can turn. You should be in some form of PR. <laughs> oh, you are. Spin it round. For Lola Berry. <laughs> <laughs> so, and your mum was quite creative as yeah, well. Yeah, mum was a, what they used to call a ticket writer, but art-wise she was really fantastic but never did it. Yeah. We only had one, I had one uh, sketch, pencil sketch that she'd done and one painting, but wow. she was really talented. So, okay, so you've got the genes. We know you've got the creative genes within mm-hmm. you. How does Young Talent Time come about? Oh, just through my drive. Really? I just wanted to, but my parents didn't push me. Yeah. They didn't at any point sort of go, well, you know, you might be able to do something here. They t- entirely left it to me. So it was my desire to go on Young Talent Time where I lost and they put me through on an HM, the honourable mention. Really? And I lost again. And about a year later, I, the only other option back then was New Faces. Okay, yes, I remember. I went on New Faces and won the heat and then won the final. And then Young Talent Time said, come back and do requests. Really? Mm. And so was Young Talent Time the launching pad in, in many ways? Yes. Because yes. that's where Liberace came along? Is that where that? I knew you'd mentioned this. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. You know why? because I was scared I was going to be in it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, I went up, yes, when I I started back on Young Talent Time after the New Faces win. Yes, yes. That meant I was recording, I was travelling with them, doing tours. Fun. uh, uh, Mostly around Christmas and school holiday times and then the Liberace thing happened when Jamie Redfern came home. Yes. And so basically that meant, did that mean like a late night audition? Yes. After he'd performed or something like like Yes, yeah? at, um, uh, at the Green Room Club on Queens Road. Okay. And, yeah, it was about midnight. <gasps> I did three songs for him with the Johnny Hawker big band. Wow. Yeah, it, was, it was really, um, it was done properly. And then you find yourself in Los Angeles. That was the concept. Um, I got there and was told within about four days, first of all, he was away on tour. Yeah. Uh, I got invited to, I got picked up by one of their permanent full-time songwriters at the airport. Uh, I went to her house and her and her boyfriend were doing drugs. Oh, wow. And you're 15, 16. I was was probably about 16 by this point. Yeah, wow. And their son, I remember this clearly, he just sat and watched television all day eating jam on bread, just a jam sandwich. How funny that that's your memory. Oh, it's just clear because <laughs> I thought, what the hell, where the hell am <laughs> What's I? What's going on in a movie? Then I got invited across to his manager's son's place. Yes. Sorry, to his manager's place where his son was. And that's where you had a mate kind of thing? No. Oh. No, nothing, nothing. No. And then I was told I wouldn't get the uh, green card or yeah. whatever it was called then. Visa. I think it's green card uh, for six to nine months. Oh, yeah, it's a nightmare. So here I am. I'm over there on other people's money. 
no prospect of working. Yeah. They're not there. They're actually away on tour. And it wasn't really, it wasn't their fault. It, I think from an Australian point of view it wasn't organised. Got it. As it should have been. Yeah, got it. Because we surely would have known that before I got on the plane. Yeah. So I came back within 10 days. Oh, good on you. Well, it was nothing else to do. You were able to call it yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. And so. And I was desperately homesick. Yeah, well, Australia's pretty amazing. Mm. That's one thing I've learned about all of this pandemic. I'm like, I'm falling really in love with Victoria. Mm. Like re, yesterday we went to the Twelve Apostles. Beautiful. And we were listening to Dennis Walter Christmas album. There's a couple of them. Yes. Great. There's so many goodies. I can't wait to talk Christmas with you. Right. <laughs> Do you know we got so excited to have you here that my boyfriend and I have made you gluten-free fruit mince pies to take home? What? <laughs> yes. I've never been treated with this much respect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, they're gluten-free though. So he said, my, Matt, my boyfriend said, make sure Dennis knows they're an experiment. They're a little bit denser than a normal mince pie. That's okay. So am I. I'm a lot denser than many. <laughs> so, okay, so you go to America. It's not all that maybe you expected. And America, I think LA is very different to what you see on – I've interviewed a few actors in LA and they're like, if you think it's what you see in the movies, you're in for a rude awakening. Yeah. It's a very – I think it's quite a hard city. It's mm. amazing but you've really got to pound the pavement, I've found. Um, but so you come back and – I heard an interview from a very young age. You knew that your passions were, yes, singing, but also radio and news. Correct. Television news. You were very I clear. Didn't, I didn't have, even when I had opportunities when I went to London later, Yeah. Um, I've never had that desire to be a success on the world stage. Yeah. But I did have a passion to do news and radio. I have and so many, I have so many questions about this for you because I've done a pilot before for a TV show anchoring and I got so much anxiety around auto cue. It's hard. It's Can not be. easy. <laughs> and I was so nervous that I wrote learnt the script before I went in for the audition for the pilot and when I sat down and they said the co-host was Limo and they said we're going to switch your scripts and I'd wrote learnt his by the end because I'd learnt my lines but they switched our scripts around and I thought, oh, my goodness, and I've since learnt and gone, had training in auto cue. It's hard but you – Can be. Yeah. So my question for you is – You it's hard now. The old days when I was doing uh, weekend weather on Channel 9 on yeah. the news, um, they at that point still used the pull-through paper <gasps> which is where the, someone prints it yeah. and then sticks it all together and then once in a while you're halfway through the weather and – the uh, sticky tape or the paper gets a little crumpled oh, no. and the whole thing just folds up in front of your eyes. No. Mm, not good. <laughs> but they didn't trust uh, Channel 9 News, um, Brian Naylor at that point and Peter Hitchner, both of them pushed back really hard to not go to electronic. Really? Can you imagine not having electronic oh. on now? Because they were worried because up at, at Wynn we were already using Electronic, yeah, and I don't think they, um, I don't think they pro- invested in the most expensive one, and it did break down a little bit, <laughs> which is not good. Oh wow! So this, so this is my question for you, and this is a very weird question, I know, but I was like, I'm here to learn today as well. Do you get to read what goes up on the auto cube before the moment you see it? Uh, not so much for regional news, no. Really, because we were doing between. 
3 o'clock and 6.30, we were doing six bulletins a day. Yes. So I was doing five lots of intros. For all the different areas. Different areas. Um, then we would, we'd, we'd record the five lots of weathers and then yeah. we'd do a live bulletin. The last one at the end of the day was a live bulletin for the Ballarat Southwest. And, and so that would be. So at the end of a long day of radio in Melbourne, oh, wow. drive to Ballarat, um, then do the six bulletins. Uh, yeah. That's tough. I'm, I'm an idiot. No. <laughs> no. And I was doing the, we- six months of the year doing weekend six-hour shifts. Yeah. Three doing 12 till 6, Saturday and Sunday. That's a solid shift. Oh. Because And also this is the other thing. You were on your own, weren't you? Mm. So it's not like because Grubby and Didi, they had like you've got like banter. You've got yes. another person to kind of, oh, if you're off for a little bit, you yep. can be like this person will just carry me through for mm. a little while. It was all you. Yeah. And even when I'd come on as a guest, because this would be, what, eight years ago now, wouldn't it? I reckon eight. When I'd come on as a guest, you were always so welcoming. You always knew my name. You were so prepared. Thanks, Julie. But <laughs> <laughs> but also you were aware of the callers coming in. You were very – it was – it seemed like it was you manning a lot of what was going on. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, I, I understand there's like a control room and producers, but you were always aware of what caller was coming in, what they were going to be asking. Yeah, a bit of a, a rough uh, – they don't always follow what they tell you yeah. they're going to do, of course. But <laughs> I I, the, some of the systems for talkback radio now are uh, where the, the person in the studio, like the host, can see what's on the screen and go to that caller themselves. Ah, got it. So you can sort of work out your own balance. So you're screening it a little bit. You're... Yeah, but we, we don't do that. Got it. Oh, yeah. They just put them up on the screen and we go to them. Okay, so one more question about news and then I'm going straight back to radio because this is just so exciting. Mm-hmm. Can I have a drink? <laughs> go for it. Have a drink. Have as much as you want. Mm-hmm. Remember we've got fruit mince pies for you to take home. You're set, my friend. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so... With news, you've and this is where I liken you to Pete Hitchener, the two of you have got this beautiful intonation and I know that you're a singer so you've got these incredible dulcet tones and you've got this wonderful voice. It's a very smooth voice to listen to. It's really nice. Like as I was researching you, I was like, oh, I could research you for weeks because your voice is so nice to listen to. But also with the news, I imagine you've got auto cue going on, you've potentially got a producer telling you things at the same time and you've got this real calm demeanour but you've got very like likeable and it's nice to listen to intonation. Have you trained for that other than singing? No. Really? No, not at all. In fact, when I was young I was, I was doing a lot of listening to talk radio. Yeah. Um, when I was in Sydney every week doing clubs and whatever, yeah. I was listening to John Laws and different people yeah. like that. John Pierce, who was brilliant on Saturday nights, he'd do six hours on a Saturday night and he'd have three topics. Really? And he'd do the six hours on those three topics. Wow. And he'd argue with everyone for that six <laughs> hours and at the end of it he'd play a little bit of classical music and say, I'm John Pierce, and as always I've had the last word. <laughs> Amazing. He was brilliant. Yeah, I bet. Anyway, sorry, what, what was the question? Oh, what was the oh, question? Oh, the intonation. Yeah. No. Um, my father had a big voice um, through his classical singing but I always wondered whether I actually had – my shirt's not done up. I haven't um, – I, I wondered whether I actually had a voice for radio really? or whether I imagined I had a voice for radio. Oh, well, you've definitely got one just in case you're wondering. I've worked that out now, <laughs> yeah. 50 years on. 
But it's so um, it, it's it's just so it's so fascinating to research you and your voice from uh, I'm studying acting at the moment. So like you and we study dialects and we have a voice coach mm. and we learn that an Australian accent usually sets us up for a lazy kind of like vocal habits, should I say. Whereas you've got this, yeah, it's this, it reminds me of like a trusted voice of Australian news and it, the same with Peter Hitchener. It's that kind of, um, it's the intonation of trust and I don't know what, I don't know, you've got the magic quality, whatever it is. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Hitch and I are very good friends. I used to be his nutritionist oh, for a couple of years. When you were in a commercial role. Yes, good yes. memory. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and again, and that's why I get uh, so excited about mentioning the two of you only because you've got that same trust within you as, as someone, as a consumer and listener, I feel that. And, again, the respect for the industry. And I just, I want that. Like as somebody that is aspiring to work in media, that's something that I want to be able to harness because you can't fault that. That's like honest truth. Yeah. And it's um, uh, like Pete and I, what you see is what you get. I, mean, I love that. Mm. That's the key, right? Well, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, radio. Yes. That's where we first met. And uh, I think with 3AW you have, you've been, I feel like you're part of the material, like you're part of the beating heart that is 3AW. 20, uh, 21 years, yeah. 1999. Yeah, 21. Pretty, more. pretty amazing. Oh, actually, it was before then because I was doing... Uh, bits with Ernie as well, but but basically it's about twenty about twenty five years. Quickly about Ernie, did he kind of because did he kind of bring, he kind of had your back a little bit, didn't he? Yes. Early, really early on. Ernie, I met at the Chrysler factory in Adelaide when I was p- first performing. Really, and they used to have shows in the canteen every Saturday night, and yeah. I was over there, and Ernie happened to be in the audience with Glennis that night, and uh, we stayed vaguely in contact. Yeah, but when he started to do a Tonight Show. Out of Ballarat. Okay. Uh, he asked me if I'd come and do something every couple of weeks, which was good fun. Uh, but and I also used to run into him at the airport all the time. Really? All the time. So <laughs> serendipitous. Uh, then I started doing Friday lunch with him on yes. 3AW and we we became closer and closer friends. So when I found out you've mentioned him as somebody that's kind of been a uh, an inspiring figure throughout the years, I then researched Ernie and then I was going down the the rabbit hole of Ding Dong mm. and Ernie. They, they looked hilarious mm. together, like what a duo. Well, on... Uh, in Melbourne today, which was their morning show, I was doing. Um, it was part of what I was doing at nine when I was at that point when I was doing Kino. Yes, I've uh, seen your Kino. I, I actually watched a video of you doing it. And it says twenty nine and feeling fine. As actually, there was one other number that got. Uh, uh, yeah, we won't go into the details, but I was a bit naughty. Were you cheeky? Oh yes, we never got one complaint, not one. Really. Mm. Because you did Kino for ages, didn't you? Fair while. For three, two or three years. It looked like so much fun. Mm. And did you have a home studio set up for that? No, I did it in a tiny little studio, which I think uh, was Graham, uh, it was somebody's converted dressing room. might have been Graham Kennedy. Really? Yeah. But I was in there at Channel 9 each afternoon. Um, somehow it got out how much I was getting paid to do this a uh, very short segment. It's like each 90 night. seconds, wasn't yes, it? Yes, and there was a cartoon in the Herald Sun or the Herald, 
which said it was my wife welcoming me home saying, did you have a hard minute at the office today? <laughs> it was very clever. <laughs> it looked like so much fun though. It was fun. Yeah. yeah, and I even saw uh, you're a lot of fun to research on YouTube because uh, what was that um, comedy skit show? Was it Full fast, Front? Yeah, full fast front, Forward. Fast Forward. And they did a satire of you yes. doing Kino and singing, imag- uh, I've written it down, a a song that you did on Young Talent Time, singing it whilst calling Kino the person that was imitating uh, you. Someone Brooks, his name, and he did a brilliant job. <laughs> and they did the Kino draw where I was just pulling the balls out of the container, the ones I wanted to pick out. And singing Impossible Dream. That's Is that right. the song? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so if you ever get bored one afternoon, just YouTube yourself. I didn't know anything about that till three weeks ago. Someone rang in on the radio and said, have you ever seen it? I said, no, <laughs> I've seen it now. <laughs> so good. Okay, so radio, you've obviously, like I said, had this wonderful career at 3AW. You've been, yes, it's talk back, but also like, your audience is informed, like mm. you're on top of the news, breaking news. Yep. Has there been any like, I don't want to say standout moments of like a highlight but maybe like a big oh, breaking news moment? Lots, yeah. Lots. Um, I was on air when we learned that Peter Brock died. I was yeah. on air when we learned of Steve Irwin. <gasps> oh, I still remember that exact moment. Yeah. Uh, I was on air with the... Christchurch earthquakes as yeah. the news was coming yeah. through and Karen Inge was doing nutrition yeah. with me yeah. and she looked up at the monitor in the studio and started to shake and almost burst into tears because her <sighs> daughter's best friend was seen running in fear of the earthquake. Oh. So that was just bizarre. Uh, I was also on air when Burke Street happened Yeah, and Dennis O'Kane was doing a presser with Robert Doyle because he was then uh, Lord Mayor. Yeah. And his voice started changing and I said, this was at quarter to one. And I said, you all right? Your voice? He said, something's going on here. He said, there's helicopters low overhead. Um. He said, and and then the car came up Swanston Street. And it's then we just watched, uh, sorry, we didn't watch. We, we realised that something serious was happening. And then over the next, between 10 to 1 and 3 o'clock, we had all these people ringing in saying what they were seeing and um, they were all locked in their buildings. Mm. They're looking down on what has happened. Um, we spoke to uh, one fellow rang in. Uh, some listeners got their kids who were in lockdown to ring into the really? station to keep us informed. And one bloke rang and he said, um, he said, I'm looking at the front of the Commodore and there's a baby stroller on it. Oh. And that was horrendous. And we, cry, I remember just before three, we spoke to Christine Nixon. Yeah. She was then not police chief but she'd been standing at the corner of I think William Street at the lights yeah. and the car had come behind her on the footpath. Oh, I've got goosebumps just mm. as you're retelling this. Yeah. How yeah. do you hold yourself together? I'm not good at that. You, <laughs> I think you are I though. was on air um, the night of the Eastern Freeway thing as well. Yeah. As that was that – was, what are you getting calls as? Yeah, that was. I just was really confronted by that. Yeah, found that really difficult. And it, did something overcome you where you're like, this job right now is bigger than me, and I'm here to almost like hold the space and facilitate whatever to in order to keep the audience informed. Yeah, just you've got to keep them informed. But uh, I wear my heart on my sleeve, so I'm prone to. Uh, 
I have seen this. Do in, a Bob Hawke. I have seen. <laughs> I don't think this is a bad thing. I, I I've seen a. I love Christmas, and so I've watched many a videos of you at the cat. It's actually you're part of Are my you Christmas. Stalking me? Oh, absolutely and unashamedly, <laughs> might <Good>. I say. <laughs> But uh, you're part of my Christmas tradition, a, a thousand percent. My, in fact, we're in my dad's holiday um, home recording this right now and he called me and he said, what day have you got Dennis Walter coming in? And I said, Monday. And he said, please promise me you clean that house. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he... he Everything's fine, uh, yeah. Dad. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually said I'm going to ask for a shout-out for Noel. So Hello, my, Noel. He's going to love Merry that. Christmas. So... Uh, Give it, me the keys to your holiday yeah. house. This is nice. <laughs> So he's you've made you will have made his Christmas just by saying that. But I was watching on YouTube. You were talk, it was actually I think last year's carols by candlelight, and you said this is nearly my fiftieth, and you got choked up, and I got choked up. Yeah, <laughs> watching it. We can't actually work out how many it is because I did them for Channel O. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. When was Channel O? Like but when, when I started on Young Talent. Yeah. yeah. So. We can't, I don't know how many I've done for Channel O, but I know that when Channel 9 took it over, I've done every year bar one. So um, it's it's probably, it's not 50, it's probably getting closer to 40. Pretty impressive. But it's definitely about 35. I don't know if you remember this, but every time that I'd come on <laughs> and do a segment with you, I was like, have you picked your song yet? That's right. And you'd go, "What? give me your request, Lola. And I was like, first Noel because my dad's name is Noel, spelt the same way. And so that's kind of our Christmas tree every year is just Noel baubles because it's like an ode to my dad. Yep. <laughs> and, um, we, and you said, do you know what you should do? You should come to the dress rehearsal. Yes, because I was, I always put Christmas on at my house, so often Christmas Eve is spent prepping food with the carols on in the background. And you said, "Come to the dress rehearsal. It's like donation. It's the night. It's the twenty third. So I rocked up to the dress rehearsal. My brother and my dad. You jump on stage and you're like, "This one's for Lola Berry." Do you remember? I did do that. You did. I did. <laughs> and I updated my Facebook status to Year Made. Dennis Walter <laughs> just dedicated a song. Uh, so you brought me so much joy I, and I've never got to thank you for that. So this is my moment to say thank you so much. My pleasure. And my dad was nudging me going, did you just hear that? And I said, yes, Dad, let's just soak it up. But there's something really magical on a more serious note about the carols and you. You bring so much heart and please keep doing them forever and ever and ever. Well, I'll be doing them as long as, they, as, long as the phone rings. Has it rung for this year? It yes. has, hasn't it? Yes. Are you allowed to reveal what you're going to sing? Yes. Um, I've got a new single out, Christmas single, which came yes. out out of nowhere, yes. as did the recording deal with Sony, which is just a, a story in itself. But uh, one of the execs rang me about seven weeks ago and said, look, we need a little Christmas. <gasps> and he said, that's the song. He said, but we need to do it not um papa like it was in Mame the Musical. Yeah. Uh, we need to do a modern version of it. It's and beautiful. I listened to it yesterday. Oh, it? Yeah. Oh. And the lovely girl that Marusha. Oh, her voice. Mm. And it's just gorgeous. Michael Cristiano did the arrangement. He's yep. done a lot of the I also stalked him on Insta. Yes. Um <laughs> bit of uh, he's done a lot of seekers work and Yeah. He's brilliant. And it's come up a treat. And it's just it really the right has. message. 
You've got some favourites of I've got some favourites that you always do though. You because of your so for people listening, if you have been living under a rock and you haven't heard Dennis Walter at Christmas, you sing it's baritone, right? Yeah, bass baritone. Yeah, super deep, beautiful. Which was why you were so um, did so well with Young Town Town Time. You're this like skinny little fifteen year old with this really boomer of a voice, right? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) And, and, and horrendously shy. And did, did I hear an interview that you weren't so prone to dancing? Oh, yes. <laughs> I am the crappiest dancer in the world. <laughs> Me too. Don't worry. Mm. No, I'm worse than you. Oh, I don't I know. I promise you. I don't... Shall I would, we? <laughs> I would think, though, because you're a singer, you'd understand beat tune. You'd be way better than me. Yep, I understand. It doesn't mean the body does. If it makes you feel any better, uh, I auditioned to go to drama school and I didn't get a high enough enter score, T-E-R score, to get into the Monash Performing Arts course. So I was like, I'll just audition for musical theatre and get in that way. I sung, Oh Lord, Won't You Buy Me a Mercedes Benz mm-hmm. a cappella, and they stopped me halfway through and said, mm, we think you may have a pitching problem. Oh. <laughs> so if that makes you better, I can't sing or dance. <laughs> but I did every, I still got into the course, thank goodness, but not the musical theatre, the acting one. Oh. Thank you. Lucky is what I'm getting at because the other bits, no good. Well, that makes me feel better about myself. Good, good. Okay, so you, so does that mean at the carols you're going to be singing your new song? Yes. So We're trying to work out how because we don't know if Marisha Christmas. can journey to Melbourne because she's in Brisbane. Okay. Hopefully she can and uh, other, but they, they've got other ways. Great, of course, because mm. there will be no audience this year. That's right. That will be bizarre. It will be. But it, how amazing because I think people are going to need carols more than ever this year. That's why it had to go ahead. Absolutely. And so many people, I don't know what the viewership is, but so many people, that will be part of their Christmas, like it's my Christmas Eve ritual. It's it's not just Australia. It goes internationally yeah. as well. Yeah. So are you singing any other um, carols? Uh, I'm, uh, at this point I'm not sure. They might need a, they're having to do it all different, differently. Yeah. Usually you do two songs. <sighs> I'm looking forward to it. Mm. I'm really looking forward to it. I also love your rendition of Amazing Grace, oh, which you. I know is, is that Christmas? It is kind of Christmassy, but it's not really, is it? No, it's just uh, it's the right sort of message. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We could My t- father did that with me at Carol's. I've seen a photo of you. Is it Stan? Stan. Yeah, I've seen a photo of you too. He was almost it? 80 at that point. Wow. And uh, Remy Martin Brandy got him on stage. Because he was so nervous, he'd never been in front of a. It's a huge audience. Audi- uh, orchestra and chorus and this mass of candles out front was How did he was go? a big thing. Oh, he's great! And then we reprieved it um, about six or seven years ago when my niece Julie came on. We did Amazing Grace as oh, well. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Okay, so I've got to ask this question. You're probably going to laugh when I ask it. You want to be on Carols and do a duet? <laughs> Like I said, I have a pitching problem. No, I'm happy to um, I'm happy to just be a, a, a humble consumer of the carols every single year. Do you get nervous? Is my question. I get more excited. I just I love doing it, and we're usually most of us are struggling to make sure we got the lyrics right. Really, there's no auto cue there, is oh, there? No, no. You've oh, well, there a... is for the host, but not for us. Yeah, of course. So you've just got to wing it. Well, mm. you've got to know it. How much notice do you get to learn the songs? Oh, quite a few weeks usually. So they will probably give you, if you end up doing a second song, you'll get that at least. It'll be a carol and I'll probably know it vaguely. 
Great. <laughs> and you normally do the Ge- – I don't know if I'm presuming the Geelong Carols won't. Will they still happen no. this year? But you was, usually do. I was going to try and do them uh, uh, virtually. Yeah. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, hang, hang on, um, do you really want to be sitting around a laptop as a family? I'm just not sure that's the – I'm doing a couple of them in, in other areas yeah. but I just wasn't sure whether it was – the whole idea of Carols by Candlelight is that, yes, you watch it as a television event when it's done to the level yeah. on Channel 9. Yeah. I don't know whether you want to Zoom it. Yeah, no, I understand that. I I totally – because it's about connection, right? Mm. And the connection lo- is the families yes. gathering on the lawn in front of you. Totally. No, I, I, I totally hear that. I just guess I'm looking for an excuse to soak up Carols and Dennis. <laughs> and both. It's the most beautiful setting I've got for Geelong Carol. Really? Because we put the stage uh, backing onto Cryo Bay <sighs> and the people sit up in the uh, natural amphitheatre uh, at Eastern Beach. It's gorgeous. I'm sure you've been asked this a million times before. What's your favourite carol oh, to sing? Oh, not again. I know, right? Uh, First Noel. Oh, you're doing No, that I'm serious. Me. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Daddy's going to be wrapped. <laughs> I meant that, Noel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You got an Order of Australia about five years ago. Mm-hmm. How did that happen and how does it happen? I got it for services across all media. Yeah, and performing arts. Yeah, performing arts. Uh, but you don't, uh, if if that was what you, I mean, it's great that I've been able to have some success across different areas. But I really think that when people nominate you, they have a really good look at you. And I think it's a lot to do with how much input you have into the community. And you, my friend, mm. have a lot. Mm. Almost, I don't know how you have the hours in the day that, that to that level. I possibly say yes to too many things. <laughs> I'm uh, probably lucky about that because you're doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, yeah, I'm involved with quite a lot. I've seen salvos as well. You do. I do. I used to live in Sydney, and so every Christmas I'd do the salvos, and either my mum or dad would fly up, and we'd do the salvos together on Christmas Day. Yep. It's the best environment. Yeah. Well, we. Um, I'm hoping we're going to be able to do my final show on AW this year from the Citadel, <sighs> up the top of Burke Street. You've got to do it. We've done. Uh, when I was doing afternoons, we've done uh, done it from there the last two or three years. Oh, perfect. And you get all people in, um, some of them who don't have connection with family. Yeah. Uh, we give them Christmas lunch. Yeah. It's beautiful. And one thing I learned about getting involved with the Salvos and working at the Christmas Day lunch is although Christmas is such a wonderful time for family and connection, it can also be confronting for a lot of people as mm. well. And so it's so important, makes the carols so important. It makes... Um, the salvo, all these things that we can do for the community, so important, mm. don't you think? Yes. Is it... Because some of those, some of the people, um, find Christmas extremely stressful. Yeah. Because if you're in a situation in in, in life where you actually don't have family or friends, yeah, yeah. Um, and they for from the middle of November keep hearing Christmas, it's great, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. Not for some. Yeah. Not for some. And that's, I reckon as well, because I'm 35 now and I probably had my first Salvo's Christmas, like volunteering at the Salvo's Christmas when I was 30. And I I think until you're 30 you kind of think you're invincible. 
and you think you're a bit immortal and you're like, oh, everything's peaches. And I remember that moment I was like, oh, wow, I've had a very blessed life. Like how lucky that I've been able to enjoy all my Christmases. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think, yeah, I, I don't know, it, we're very, very lucky. And in Australia we're very, very, oh, very lucky. Yes. You know? Right through this whole COVID thing, when you look around the world. Oh, yeah. It's uh, to be here yeah. and to be in the position we now are in, um, it's pretty good. Big time, mm. big time. Mega, we're very much the lucky country right now. I have another radio question. I'm just going to, like I said, I'll just... <laughs> I've made too much, done too much research on you that I got so nervous that I knew that I'd end up asking you questions that don't aren't like chronological. So that's I apologize okay. for no, that. That's fine. That suits me. Good. Good. Well, it's it actually it's really daunting interviewing you because you're it's usually the foot's on the other the mm. shoes on the other foot. Should I'm I enjoying say. this. Are you? Yes. Oh, good. Good. Okay. So you've interviewed so many amazing people. Both, I, I, I presume both on the news but more more so with radio and um, I saw you do an interview with Beach Boys, Joel Edgerton, um, the Ab Fab Girls when they bought their movie out. Yes. Has there been anyone you're like, oh, they're a legend and they're a legend off the mic as well? Yes. Um, actually, when I think back, sometimes I go back through photos that have been taken in the yeah. studio and I go, bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many people. Yeah. Yeah, you've reminded me of a couple that I'd forgotten about. Some of these are on YouTube, so they? they've yeah. been filmed, yes. Um, Cat Stevens. Oh, my goodness. He came into the studio um, because of his religion, he was he needed to have his wife sitting near him or yeah. within uh, 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 whatever. She yeah. just sat there, which I usually can't stand someone bringing someone else into yeah. the studio who's not actually part of it. Yeah. He was just mesmerising. I mean also the voice, let's the just. The voice, everything about him. Uh, and I know it's, I know it's, there are parts of his life that have been um, where, where people are annoyed at him. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. But he is completely engaging. My mum, when she was, she would have been, it was, well, he was still Cat Stevens because he's changed his, Name hasn't he with his religion? Yeah, Yusuf Islam. And so my mum went to one of his concerts many, many years ago, and she said that's a concert that changed my life. He's so, one of those people, isn't he? Yes. He's it, peaceful. Yeah. There's something calming about him. But mind you, I did feel uh, also uh, under their control in one other interview. With someone who's quite different to that, Jeffrey Edelston. Really? And <gasps> I felt like I wasn't getting the answers that I wanted, but he, I can understand why he's been so successful in business because he takes control of the really? situation. Yeah. So in that moment, were you, did you just but kind those of like. bloody yellow suits he wore at the <laughs> Melbourne Cup Carnival. Fairly. <laughs> What's that about? I remember, I remember. But did you, in that moment when you were like, okay, I don't have the reins here, did you just kind of go, well, I'm just going to have to go with it? Oh, with the, with uh, Cat Stevens, it was just a pleasure. He yeah. Was, he was giving, he oh. was calming, he was whatever. Amazing. Um, as against Killian Murphy. Really? Uh, sorry, with Jeffrey Edelson, he just wasn't going to answer the, any question s- straight and... Can I get sued for this? No. No. Um, 
he, he, he just he, he controlled the situation. Got it. And Hang I on. didn't have time. We, we were short on time. I didn't have time to try and go deeper. You just mentioned Killian Murphy and I just got very excited. Yes, many do. What? What? Tell he me. Came into three OW when we we're in South Melbourne. Yes, which you remember. Yes, and he, he obviously was sick of doing the PR because these people you, you don't realise it, but you spot them on a you see them on a Today Show or a, or a Sunrise, and they're doing oh hundreds. Yeah. Uh, Rod Stewart, I spoke to. I was the last interview with Rod Stewart. Really? He had been sitting in his home studio. For about eleven hours. No, do you remember the Heath Ledger Koshy debacle where mm. Heath Ledger peeled a mandarin in the middle of the interview and Australia there was an uproar about Heath Ledger being disrespectful and and he came out later and said I was in I'd back to back interviews I, I just wanted to eat something I needed to quickly eat something mm. and it was all kind of taken the wrong way. Yes, but they it's all day and it's only the real. I'm sure Killian Murphy's fine oh, yeah, about I'm it. Oh, yeah, glad you went back in. He sat in the studio and watched Sky News on the monitor. He didn't look at me once oh. and kept giving me, yeah, it's a it's a good scene. Not really. Yeah, well, oh, you know. Oh, no, yeah. And then he had the audacity to say, have you seen this movie? Oh, and really? I'd seen it. I'd suffered through it. It was one of his early ones and it yeah. wasn't very good. Because the thing with him and quite a few other actors they see themselves as artists and therefore the whole media gambit that comes with it and the press and the PR, a lot of people aren't, they don't enjoy that bit. Oh, I can understand that. And that might be. And, and the, the um, how strenuous it is just being asked the same questions all day. Oh, yeah. Well, I asked you what your favourite carol was so I'm sure That's that fine. you get, Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not doing... 43 of these today. Yeah, mental. Yeah, I think we don't realise. Once you've been interviewed by Lola Berry, you don't need to be interviewed <laughs> by anyone else. There's my, there's my sound grab. There's my sound. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to repeat it? No. Oh, you're amazing. Honestly, you are so, so amazing. Okay, I've got a couple more questions that I'm, I know I am so aware of the time and it's just flying with you. Okay, two more things. First of all, I've heard you say something that got me so inspired and you said, I don't have regret. No, I don't. Can you expl- explain that a little bit? Because that I love that. I've got that feeling. I love it. But I do have fear of regret. Like I, I live going, oh, I don't want to have fear. I'm going to jump towards that scary thing. Uh, I think there are a lot of people who could do a lot of things who don't do it because they're scared of failing. Yeah. Um, I've got a family member who I would love to have had go on some of the television shows, the, the Idol or whatever. Uh, it's never, it hasn't happened. It won't ever happen. Could be a superstar. Mm. Um, and I don't, I've never discussed it with them. Mm. I'm not even saying if they're male or female. Mm. Uh, but I've never discussed it because I realise that there are lots of people who won't put themselves out there for things. Mm. If I hadn't put myself out there for young talent time, even though I was desperately shy and new faces... None of this would have happened. Mm. So, yeah. uh, but you do have to be prepared when some opportunities come along. Because when I started doing Kino, yeah, suddenly people saw me talking, uh, and by chance, um, the people who 
were running 3GL Geelong, running yeah. the radio station, yeah. they went, oh, you can actually talk yeah. in my 90-second segment. <laughs> yeah. Like, good 29. evening, here are the numbers, good night. <laughs> but they said, oh, he might be all right to do some radio. So I started hosting mornings at 3GL, had to learn how to panel. And mornings is a very early start, is it not? Oh, uh, mornings was like uh, 8.30 to oh, 12. Oh, that's okay. That's but then uh, Kino was happening, then I was, suddenly I was on the radio. This was all music at this point. Uh, and then 3MP rang me. Mm. So I went, came to Melbourne. That went really well there. But I always wanted to do talk. But you've yeah. got to be ready when you get the opportunity. There have been a lot of singers who had a bit of a crack at radio and failed miserably. Really? Yeah, because they think it's all about them and it's not. It's about the listener. I love that. Mm. So basically your goal every time you go on is to give back to the listener, hear the listener and mm. inform the listener. Is yeah. that kind of your... Even when you're disagreeing with them. Yeah. Oh, you've got to, you must have the patience of a saint then, I imagine. I am a very impatient person <laughs> in many areas of life, but there are some things I'm very patient with. And is this where you mentioned earlier when you were younger with the Young Talent Times stuff, it was your drive that carried you there? Has it been your drive that's been able to get you to that that point of going, yeah, I was shy, I, I, I can feel the fear, but I'm going to do it anyway? Is that the drive? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, I just wish I could have got over some of that earlier in life. It sounds like at 15, though, that's a you're, – you're an A-type personality. You've got – you're doing good. I had the skinniest, most horrible, and I still have them, legs. <laughs> I wasn't confident about myself. But uh, that's a lot of people. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Even for me, I, like I know I sound really confident, but I battle with my confidence all the time. Mm. And I think as well in media – you're kind of forced to do that on a, on a, a very concentrated, you're very hyper-aware of yourself. Yes. And so that confidence, you need to somehow have your back. It's it's a tricky balance. Mm. Thank you for that one. I, I That was my own notebook of, because I, yeah, my goal is to live without regret. That's one of my mottos. Mm, good. So thank you. It's, I just feel like we... I've met in life, I've met a lot of people who give the impression that they're far better than what they actually are and mm. you get a lot of other people who have that lingering doubt so it stops them yeah. having a go at something. Yeah. I think it's okay to feel it out but, yeah, you've got to have the drive that, like you said, propels you forward. Mm. Uh, so the next one I want to talk to you when this is my last question, I promise That's my right. friend. Um, and my watch just told me it's time to get moving. Yeah, I bet. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, work ethic because you've kind of – you've touched on it already like you've – there was a, obviously a, a period of your life and I think it probably is a constant where you've worked that seven days a week. Yeah. Um, and kind of the, knowing what you wanted from quite a young age and being like, well, I'm just going to go for it. Also knowing I, I really want to work in radio, I really want to – and. How much of it, obviously a lot of it is skill set and a lot of it is talent, like your voice is phenomenal. And then the uh, there has to be another bit that's work ethic, right? Yes. How much would you say, like how how, how much would you say is work ethic? Uh, a lot. Yeah. A lot. Um, there are a lot of people in my our industry who want to sit back and have everyone adore them. Uh, you've just got to work. Yeah. You've got to work. I'm reading a book at the moment called Catch of the People Who Started Catch. Yeah, okay. Catch of the Day and yeah. Catch. 
and I'll put it in the show notes. I'll find scoop it. Scoop on uh, the Leibowitz, Leibowitz brothers. Okay. Well, they've written a book and it's just saying exactly how it's been, not how clever am I. Yeah. It's been bloody hard work. Yeah. These are people who started off going to markets. Yeah. They were getting there at 4 a.m. So mm. they got the best spot. Now they turn over hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Mm. So it's working hard. It's not always going to pay off, but it has to pay off in some way. Absolutely. It has to. Do you know um, Nova, Nova uh, host Tim Blackwell? Yes. So I had him on and he talked a lot about John Law's, him being an inspiration. And I said, how much is talent? How much is hard work? And he goes, talent might get you in the door. Granted, he's like, so I might hear you somewhere and go, I'm going to give this guy a shot. And he's like, but if you want to keep it, if you want to stay there, that's all hard work. Yeah. Which I loved. John Laws is still on air. He's, yeah. And uh, Bob Rogers in Sydney just retired, uh, I think at pushing up 90. Is there one thing as well just with uh, radio and TV, is there a difference in because the pace feels different? Yeah, tele, um, radio you have no idea what's coming next. Yeah. Talk radio, talk radio, yeah. I'm talking about. You have no idea. You don't know if the next caller, uh, the last couple of weeks on air, we've just had a couple of callers that have said things that were just so wrong, so bad, so amusing. Uh, <laughs> uh, telling me to go and multiply, um, uh, talking about uh, sexual things. You, know, you, do, you don't know what's going to come. And how do you handle Whereas that? Television is usually very structured and yeah. can be edited and whatever. Right, and they've got a, even live to air has got usually a little delay, mm. so they can bleep if they need to bleep. Yeah, we got seven seconds. Wow, oh, I love that. I mm. love knowing that. Yeah, and <laughs> d- doing nights, you get a whole different, a whole different vibe. Yeah, because people are uh, up late as well. Because is it eight to midnight? You're eight on? to midnight. Not when footy's on. The footy's on first, but um, eight till midnight for six months of the year, which is great, and then. <gasps> Eight till midnight for most of each week when the footy's on. And I know you're a footy man. I know you're a Cats Cats, man. I know. We are Geelong, the greatest team of all. (laughs) I've seen you do one of the carols and half the crowd boos. Yes, that's right. I'm like, this guy is game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, quickly, what's next? I know you've got an album coming out in April. The album's coming out in April through Sony Music. Um, A chance meeting in a lift. Really? We're on the Sunshine Coast. A whole lot of things that happened. I said to my wife Annette on the way into Maroochydore, I said, look, been a whole lot of bizarre things happening that makes me feel like it's time to do another record. <gasps> now, we weren't supposed to be there in January. We were supposed to be there last September and we had an illness in the family. Couldn't go. Yeah. So here we are at the time we weren't supposed to be there. I book in at the hotel, walk into the lift and the fella in the lift says, Dennis, how are you? And I thought, Right. He said, Dennis Handlin. Oh, he's the boss of Sony Music. <gasps> yeah, of course. So yeah. within ground floor to third, no. he said, why aren't we recording you? <gasps> I said, I don't know. He said, it will happen. And I didn't have long enough to think, well, is that just lift talk? Or he's a lovely man. I've yeah. known him forever. Hadn't seen him for 25 years. Yeah. And within 40 minutes he had two of their executives ring me. I love this. And then I've I've uh, started recording the album. It's become five tracks of collaborations, Brian Cadd, John Paul Young, Vicar and Linda, Marusha, and we're doing a John English track and because John's 
obviously no longer with us. His son's going to play the guitar, cool. guitar solos on it. So that's all. That's all happened this year. And that's coming out. It's like sixties and seventies songs. It's feel good. It's exactly what I used to do before I got known as this. Became known as this big balladeer thing. It's the music I used to do. Ah, oh, awesome. Uh, and then this idea for the Christmas single. Yeah. Comes out uh, about seven weeks ago. When it was released on the 6th of November, yeah. uh, that same day of the release, uh, Carol's rang me, Kate Callid, Halliday rang me and said, we want you to do your new duet. That was ah. the day of the release. These things are bizarre and I don't believe in fate. At least I didn't. Oh, I think you got to now, don't I have you? To. Yeah. have to. Especially with creative things. Like this is the, there's a business side to what you do but there's also a creative and kind of like heart-driven mm. side and that that you got to trust. Well, Yes, it's, this is like it's meant to be. Oh, well, I cannot wait. And I can tell everybody listening the Christmas single is officially out now. I'm going to put it in the show notes so people can just click and listen. Oh, great. Thank you. It's they a real winner. musicforever.com.au and there's a few bonus Christmas tracks. With, oh, yes. And money going to the Salvation Army Christmas. Really? Weekend. Yes. Oh, okay. I'll make sure that that's the right link that goes in. Dennis Walter, you are an incredible human being and you have totally filled up my cup today. You've really inspired me to live without regret to work hard and to make my dreams a reality. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Honoured, my friend. Me too. That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lollaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And, of course, spread the love. Mm